This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, good morning, and welcome to well, book day quite possibly the greatest day of the year for me as an English teacher and for many of you out there and of course um, all of the parents that look forward to uh, the dressing up antics of World Book Day. I've got a great show lined up for you today with some really really interesting World Book Day themed guests. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. It's World Book Day. So um, what are you all doing for World Book Day today? What are you doing in your schools, in your classrooms? Are you dressing up? Are you decorating potatoes? Are you turning your classroom doors into book covers? Whatever you are doing, please do let me know. I would love to hear. So uh, you can share what you're doing by um, sending me a message directly into our digital studio. Or you can um, tweet me on Twitter. It's at Holly's Classroom. So, (laughs) I am not dressed up today, first time in a number of years. I even managed to dress up last year, um, nine months pregnant, in isolation at home, Um, but uh, not this year. No, I was out this morning doing a personal appearance, doing an assembly in a workshop at um, Brooklyn's Middle School. It was fantastic, such great fun. And I dashed back to the digital studio just in time to um, bring you some some great World Book Day conversations. So I'm going to be talking today about how World Book Day is celebrated um, in the community. And I say the community because it's not just schools, is it? You know, everyone's getting on board these days because we all know how important reading for pleasure is and how fostering that um, that love and 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 passion for for reading for pleasure can be such an important marker and indicator for um, a child's success in their life. So first of all today we are going to talk to Jim Sells from the National Literacy Trust. Um, He's the Programme Manager for Literacy and Sport. Sounds strange to me Um, but uh, we will be talking um, very shortly about um, the footy and bookie quiz that is happening today for World Book Day. Maybe you, your school is already involved in it. Maybe you'll like the sound of it and take part in it next year. Jim is going to tell us all about it. And I'm joined now by uh, Jim Sells from the National Literacy Trust. Um, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us, Jim. Hi, Holly. Thank you. Uh, so, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at the National Literacy Trust? Because I understand it involves sport and literacy, and those are not usually two things that I would put together, usually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit like yourself, I think. I feel like I have a, an amazing job. I love the organisation, the National Literacy Trust. We are, I've, I've been at the National Literacy Trust for over 20 years, I should say, wow. so I'm kind of quite <laughs> steeped about it. And uh, I think it's, it's fair to say that I feel as passionate about what we do now as, as the day I sort of walked in because 
it's really all about social justice, you know, and about tackling inequality. And, you know, it's it's our belief that literacy is, is a fantastic tool to do that, to help young people and families be the best that they can be and, and to sort of empower them through um, being able to operate at, you know, at a level that they, they can be and that they should be. Um, and to address your question on why sports, you know, and, and how does how does that sort of tie in? Yeah, it is. A lot of people are sort of question that initially, but really it's about what you love, isn't it? You know, reading in terms of, you know, and accessing literacy is all, of, you know, that, that gateway, that door through is do start with what you love. And that's kind of a bit of a mantra for us. So, and a lot of people really love sport. And if you can, you know, we, we you know, teachers will hear often, I can't find anything to read about. I can't find something that interests me. There's no, no reading material out there that is of, that relate I can relate to yeah. um, and that's why you start with what you love because actually I, I kind of think of like reading is just decoding in, in lots of ways like do you really enjoy that actual activity you know the, the, the code crackers amongst us say yes but really find what you love and then reading is the is the way to get you to what you love and I'm I am someone that loves sport so for me I'm helping young people by just talking about sport with them ultimately you know and that's that's a great great way of helping them to understand that there's a whole load of reading materials out there for them that that will help them know more about the thing that they're passionate about know the thing that they're more sort of they care about really so in a way i think of it as being slightly subterfuge and i always call it sort of guerrilla warfare in a way because <laughs> they don't realize they're reading they just think they're doing something about sport yeah well, I mean, do you do you think there's a strong connection between sport and literacy, not just reading, but sort of literacy in general? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I, I get the I'm lucky enough to work with a lot of sports people. So, you know, I, I do get to interview footballers and talk to them about because I, what I'm interested in. You know, yes, I am a sports fan, but I'm not. Oh, oh wow I'll get to meet so and so you know it's not like that it's about how can we use them <laughs> which sounds a bit dark really but it's really about how we can um because that you know those are the young people that well they are you know often young people themselves but um who are young people they're trying to engage look up to yeah, yeah that's right and so how do they use reading in their jobs you know how do that that's the question that I want to know from them and so the thing that people don't often appreciate is how much let's take a professional footballer's life for example and you might not think that that's a reader's job really but the amount of reading and the obvious one is the contract you know you've got to make sure you're signing up for the right thing but the thing that people don't appreciate so much is you know the amount of instructions that they will get so there's, there's stuff that you have to read before you go up the tunnel for example these are instructions make sure you're on that such and such a time you're going to eat so and so the really big one is what I would refer to as the gaffer's notes. So the managers and the coaches will provide their, their team, their players, their first team with, this is information that you will need to read up on before you go up against Harry Kane next week. You know, this is the way, you know, when you, if you're a goalkeeper, you've got to, there's so much analysis, it's scientific, it's, it's information. And you can't get all of that from watching, re-watching videos. You know, a lot of this is about reading. So sport 
and literacy have got a really direct link from a professional perspective as well as from an engagement perspective. I'm, I'm sure there are PE teachers across the country listening to this right now going, yes, we told you, <laughs> we told you. <laughs> We're There's not just running around in the cold. <laughs> even, even things like, you know, just a sort of, um, just a classic, just a name drop quickly. I was, I found myself in the Manchester City dressing room and um, which is amazing, you know, there's, that, that is a lavish place. Really? But the inspirational messages on the wall, you know, that are there to, to, to sort of read and inspire you before you go up that tunnel and, and take on, you know, um, you know, whatever team you're facing. Again. So just just even that on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, I understand you're involved in a rather exciting World Book Day event. Um, now I'm going to say tomorrow um, because I would have already explained to our listeners that I've pre-recorded the interviews for today because everybody who is involved in World Book Day really doesn't have five minutes spare on the big day <laughs> itself. So um, uh, tell us, uh, what's going on tomorrow? Okay, so... Um... This is an aspect of what we're doing at the National Literacy Trust, I'll say, but I'll focus on this bit for starters and you can ask me about other things. But <laughs> the, the what I like to call the great big World Book Day footy and bookie quiz. Um, there's a mouthful for you, but it sounds fun already, doesn't it? <laughs> Don't you think? You know? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's two rounds of um of a quiz, and we've got Kelly Summers, who's a very well-known sports saw. presenter who yeah. we love. Yeah, absolutely. She is amazing. And she's gonna be our presenter, so she's our host. And we have the football school authors, Ben, um, Ben Littleton and Alex Bellos, who are really good friends and we've been working with for, for a while as well. And they've written this amazing series by Walker Books called Football School with the idea that um, we can teach pretty much everything through the lens of football. And so they've got this great series of books, but they will be running this quiz. So in the quiz, which schools, you know, everywhere are invited to, and I have to say, I'm rather scared. <laughs> you know, we've got about 65,000 people signed up for this already. Oh my goodness. Which is, um, you know, it's fine. It's going to go smoothly. Um, tech tech will run wonderfully from our place in North, my house in North London here. But yeah, so there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of classes, a lot of schools joining in from all over. And they'll be taking part in a 30 minute quiz, which will have questions about football and also questions around reading. It'll be a bit of something for everyone. Um, and you can take part, you know, there'll be polls that you can sort of submit your answers to. Um, you can let us know how you're getting on. We're going to make it as interactive as possible. And the best bit, um, which I'm really excited about, is that we have got 10 of the questions being asked by professional footballers. And they are players from the English Football League, from the Women's Super League and from the Premier League. So all the flights of football. And are they, um, is it going to be a surprise who they are? Or yes, they, yes, it is. And no, I won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Worth a try. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what sort of impact do you think this quiz is going to have? I mean, if you've got 65,000 kids participating in it, um, that's that's a captive audience for the, you know, the yeah. direction of the, the quiz tomorrow. Or today. Yeah, it's an important moment, isn't it, really? Because we want this to be a bit of a gateway into, you know, reading's fun. You know, reading is um, a tool that you can use and it's a way to, you know, to learn about the things that you're passionate about. So find out as much as you can about football and the best one of the best one of the best ways of doing that is of course through reading and then you can show off because you've got all that information and facts in, you know in your locker and a quiz is a great way of course to sort of show off what you love 
um, and what you've learned through reading. So I see this as a great opportunity to show those young people who are watching and those teachers who are uh, reading, um, sorry, who are watching and taking part, facilitating the quiz for their, for their pupils. Think about and look and learn about all the different types of reading that you can do around something that, that you love. And look at all the different people that are that who you look up to, who are you're interested in, how they use reading, because we'll be able to show that, you know, with the players asking questions. And um, I may or may not have a little outro film, which is I can't call it bloopers because it's it's there's, there's not mistakes. It's just I've got <laughs> I'm gonna have a film of, of players talking about what, when, and why they like reading as a sort of outro film. Yeah. It is to, in, the, in terms of this recording today is World Book Day, so I can reveal that that little <laughs> bit to you. Uh, so yeah, I just I just want young people to see that you know you need reading in, in your life, um, but need is a kind of like telling, and I think that you will find that you want reading in your life because it's the way that yeah. um, is, is is the access to you to access to what you love. That's yeah. that's what I'm hoping we will start tomorrow. And I mean, you know, I can I can absolutely see what you're saying about um, football is something that children are, are interested in then that's going to hook them in and show them that they need yeah. reading to be able to you know be a footballer if that's what they aspire to be or a coach or or a, or a hundreds of jobs yeah um but you know i um just going back a few months but i did a um writing workshop but focused around gaming yeah and i think you know kids of these days have got all of these different aspirations that may be going back 20 years, 30 years, yeah. when we were children, um, those weren't really the sorts of careers we were looking at. Um, and maybe they're not, children today aren't necessarily aware how much they need reading for, well, as we know as grown-ups, for every profession, every job that you do, more or less. Um, so, yeah, a, a real way in for them, I think, showing them how much. It is. And, you and you know, that ex example of gaming is, is brilliant because, you know, we're also working on ways of working with gaming organisations because that's, you know, and um, how, how we're looking at social media platforms. And, you know, that as you say, you know, I, I am not any longer an 11 year old who um, is, you know, about to sort of start, you know, I, if I were in those shoes today and I, in, in lots of ways, of course, I do think I am. You know, and that's that's why I think I write fantastic resources for everybody because uh, I'm still in that mindset. But the thing is that um, it's whatever you're into. Football is kind of incidental, really. That's why I say, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan, but you know, I'm I'm using it. You know, and I we do the same. You know, I'm doing the same with gaming with other other platforms. It's about what interests you. Yeah, absolutely. Any theme, any topic, and uh, anything will do it. Same sort of um, approach. Um, I guess. So what else is it that uh, National, Liter National Literacy Trust are uh, doing for World Book Day and to um, to help us foster um, a love of reading? Yeah, so we're, we're one of the biggest things we're doing is, is lots of book giveaways. So we've got fantastic partners. We've obviously partnering with World Book Day itself um, and with McDonald's and uh, Walk Books and, and, and many others who have donated books so that we can push those out to those areas that need books the most. So I think we've got like well over 60,000 books which are going out tomorrow, today, <laughs> on World Book Day. Um, yeah, and it's, it's gonna be fantastic because they're going right to the areas that we've got 15 literacy hubs, which are areas that we focus, you know, of particular focus for us at the National Literacy Trust because we know those are areas with lower literacy levels, you know, and disadvantaged areas. So we're really focusing on, on getting the help to where it's kind of needed and would be appreciated, you know, and, and used the most. 
Um, so there's that through those hubs and my own work. So working through 81 club community organisations, so it's 81 clubs from you know, Premier League down through the Football League who are giving out thousands of those books. So they will be coaches and mascots quite a lot as well, going out and handing out those books directly into schools. And that's great because they'll be going along and they'll be going with the World Book Day messages as well of, you know, join your library, you know, you are a reader. And um, we're supporting it with lots of activities. So we've got, obviously we've got the quiz, <laughs> um, we've got, um, but we've got activities which schools and classrooms can do as well. So ideas, um, you can download those all from our um, World Book Day page. Um, so there's lots of ideas, activities that you can do, which are going to engage your young people and excite them about that. And we're supporting this, obviously, the 25 years of, I think we've got, we've, you know, one of our resources year, around 25 activities for That's 25 nice. years. Nice. <laughs> so all of these resources and things, or if, if teachers are wanting any extra information about any of these events, can they, is it all accessible through the National Literacy Trust website? Absolutely, yes. So if you, I mean, the easiest way is to go to the literacytrust.org.uk and search for World Book Day, you know, that there is a dedicated page of everything linked on there. And I would say to teachers, you know, we've become a National Literacy Trust member because you can get access. We've got lots and lots of, you know, our, our job is to support you. You know, we, we want to give you what you need and, and what you want. So we, it's really a two way conversation that, you know, teachers talk to us, schools talk to us, communities talk to us about what it is that they need to be able to support their families, schools, communities. So we listen to them and give them what they need. So we were we react to that and then you know, sign up, become a member. You can do that for free and then join the newsletter and you'll get access to all the good stuff. Excellent. That that's good to know. And I'll um for anyone who's listening, I will share on my various social media channels where you can um become a member and, and access that that Thank information. You. Now um you did mention um there like saying to children, go join a library. Um do you think that's something that maybe parents and children, mostly parents and carers, might have lost sight of over the last couple of years due to the pandemic? And, and you know, how can we maybe remedy that, do you think? Well, that's a good question. And it wasn't on your list, Holly. It wasn't but, on my list. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really right. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of libraries. And I think that, you know, it's people just forget that it's a, a fantastic resource and it's free. I think, you know, for ourselves, you know, you sort of have that fear of, I, mean, I was quite nervous about libraries when I was younger and have I got a fine and all those sort of things. That's the, that's I mean, the kind it's of... so quiet as well, which I don't think is, yeah. I mean, I take my four, two and almost one year old to the library. And when we go, there's no chance of them being quiet. So I don't know if it's the same for older children, but it's, they're not sort of quiet, scared. Libraries are not what you think they are. I think that's, that's, that's a message. I think it's really important. Libraries are not what you think they are. They're an amazing interactive fun sure. support super supportive space yeah. where you can yes obviously you can take out books and reading but you can also access you know magazines and newspapers and the internet and about and further learning opportunities these are knowledgeable people who've got all of that at their fingertips and are there to help you and help you make noise you know like you just need to join a, as we have both done in not too many years uh, recent past join you know baby baby groups in the um in the library there's there's so much that's going on and it's it's such a there's such a fantastic place and yeah we've all got used to in the last couple of years not being able to go out not being able to access those sort of things get out there now rejoin your library if you or join your library if you haven't and take advantage of that stuff because it's it's brilliant yeah i mean our one has a saturday morning um lego club 
So even if you've got reluctant readers um, who, you know, they don't want to take up books and sit down and read them, you can still sort of get them in there. Just get there, you know. I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time in that with... environment and yeah. I've spent a lot of time with my children in Ibis because it's wet outside, you know, and it's a different. So once you're in there and rather than sort of hammering the message, let's go in here and, you know, we, you've got to take out five books with you. Just be in the environment, you know. Go, I, go. It makes me laugh. You say you've got to take out five books because with my girls, I say to them, I know you want to take out loads, but you're only allowed to take two books each. And if you're really, really good, I'll let you take out three books. So they really have got this mentality of we're so lucky to be able to take books out of the Perfect. library. And if we're good, we'll get extra ones. So I think it's how um, parents and teachers, how we talk about libraries. And I was going to say this, this ties in very nicely with my guerrilla warfare analogy earlier. You know, you're, this is the clandestine way. Of get, getting them into being readers perfect holly yeah um okay so uh we uh it, this has been it's been such a great conversation um but before i let you get back to all of your world book day planning um could you share with us who is your or was or is your favorite teacher and why so i i want to um say props to mr rod smith who was um a teacher physics teacher actually at, at my secondary school and he it was more about more than what he taught it was how he looked after us. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was lucky enough to sort of pass to go to a grammar school. Uh, so, you know, free state education, but I didn't really fit in. And, you know, there's a lot of people who were, um, a lot of kids and families who are sort of quite well to do, should we say, you know, and it was, he was just not, he just sort of saw above all that, you know, and just helped out the rest of those of us to get along and understand the world and understand each other. He's just such a, a decent human being and I I took a lot from that um he's also a biker and I'm a motorcyclist as well so there was something that um <laughs> we, could, we could get along about um and just very quickly I I did the other thing we say contact a teacher and tell tell them how much you appreciate them you know now that you're in your career so I did that and I emailed him and he went I think that's a bit over the top don't you, you know, <laughs> I, was just, I was expecting to go oh thanks you know, I'm really pleased to get here from you again he's like I don't think I did that much, but you know, I think that says a lot as well. Teachers don't realise sometimes the impact that they can have on people, and you know, um, I'm, I'm ever so grateful for for my you know more than you know hard to pick one sometimes. You know, I, I was lucky and lots of good teachers. It's it's quite in interesting actually that I I always ask my guests that that same question and the the range of answers and reasons and um, how deeply people have been like inspired and affected by their teaching um, has been really quite striking actually. I'm wondering um, when I get enough examples, I might have to write a book about them. <laughs> yeah, can you, have you got time to tell, tell me yours? Um, oh goodness, no one's ever asked me before, ah. but um, it probably would be um, Mrs. Verdi, um, who uh, I, I have actually mentioned this before on Teachers Talk Radio because uh, when I became a teacher, and um, I was covering a cultural studies class and um, and I read through one of the names and I said, oh, um, my most important special favourite teacher of all time has got the same surname as you to, you know, one of the kids from the register. And he said, oh, my mum's actually a teacher. Oh, really? And um, oh gosh, all my hairs are standing on end uh, saying this. And uh, it turns out, yeah, his, uh, his mum was my teacher and she, he went home and told her. And um, she wrote me this gorgeous Christmas card, just saying, "I'm so proud that you've become a teacher. You're, 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 this, this job was made for you, and I'm so lucky that my son gets to be taught by you." Um, and yeah, it was a bit of a moving moment. But um, 
yeah, she was just there for me when I was sort of, you know, 10 and dealing with friendship issues and mm. straight talking. See, so, it's that, it's that wider thing than just the, yeah, fantastic. Well done, Mrs. Verdi. Yeah, she's great. Uh, right. So, uh, look, it's, as I said, it's been an absolute pleasure to, to speak to you, Jim, and um, wish you all the best for the um, quiz and um, hope, hope we get to speak to uh, National Literacy Trust again sometime. That would be great. Sounds, sounds good. Thanks very much. Ha happy World Book Day, everyone. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jim. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn, U-P-L-E-A-R-N.co.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure that Bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Wales, new funding, believed to be around £15 million, will allow free school meals to be extended over the summer holidays. This comes on top of the already announced investment of hundreds of millions of pounds to expand free school meals to all primary school children. First Minister Mark Drakeford said, Today's announcement does include £22.5 million to extend free school meals during the school holidays through the Easter holiday and right through to the end of the summer holiday this year as well. 
That, once again, is money that goes directly to those families who will struggle the most in the face of the cost of living crisis. In Scotland, 1,324 school leavers from Eastern Bartonshire went on to work, training or further study. These latest figures from the Scottish Government show a 6% rise in the number of positive destinations for young people, up to 98.6%, the highest in Scotland. Rona Mackay, MSP for Strathkelvin and Bearstown said, I'm delighted that an incredible 98.6% of pupils across Eastern Bartonshire are going on to positive destinations, whether that be work, training or further study. This is a record-breaking, nation-leading figure and is a testament to the incredible work both our teachers, educators and pupils are carrying out in our communities. The transition for young people from school to adulthood is vital and the SNP is committed to getting this right for every young person across Scotland, no matter what their background. The figures were released last week in the Scottish Government's summary statistics for attainment and initial leavers destinations. March the 1st is National Offer Day in England, where primary children find out if they got into the secondary school of their choice. If children miss out on their first choice school, the decision can be appealed. The government website states, the admission authority for the school must allow you at least 20 school days to appeal from when they send the decision letter. The admission authority will set a deadline for submitting information and evidence to support your appeal. If you submit anything after the deadline, it might not be considered and may result in delays to your hearing. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Oh, excuse me. Uh, welcome back from the news and our wonderful sponsors. So uh, that was a great chat that I had with Jim Sells uh, yesterday, in fact, um, because as I mentioned in the, the conversation itself, um, trying to pin down anybody connected to World Book Day on World Book Day was nigh on impossible. And even myself, like I said, I've, I've dashed from, um, from a workshop straight to the digital studio to uh, bring you today's conversation. Now, up next, we are continuing with this conversation around how we celebrate World Book Day in the community and the different types of events that are available. Because let's face it, it isn't just dressing up. Um, it's a lot more than that. And, and even the dressing up element itself is, is there, isn't it, to, um, as, uh, to bring children uh, of all different ages um, into the reading family. That's what it's for, isn't it, really? Um, so next up, I'm going to be talking to Daniel Thompson, 
He's a children's author and poet. He's the author of Me and My Shadow and Big Thoughts for Little Thinkers. I really need to get hold of Big Thoughts for Little Thinkers because I think it sounds like an absolutely fantastic book for um, our younger children. Um, so uh, let's hear from uh, Daniel Thompson. Why don't you start by telling us um, what World Book Day means to you and um, and and a, and a bit about your your job? Okay, um, I'm Daniel Thompson. Um, I'm a children's author and poet. Um, for me, obviously, World Book Day is a a, a great day to engage children and. and get people interested in, in what it is I do um, on a personal level but on a wider level I think it's just a really good way to engage children in not just reading but in in their imagination a little bit I think it goes kind of beyond just reading um, it is good for that but I just think it gives them the opportunity to get excited about reading and excited about the worlds that that reading allows them to enter and and, and find out about and I don't know, any, anything where you can get kids engaged and, and interested in, in an event like that is, is worth doing 100%. And um, obviously, every year it seems to be building and getting bigger and, and, and more people get involved and everyone dresses up now. And uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, I've, I've a child myself and she's really excited about what she's going to wear and she wants to read things, building up to it so she can talk about it. And, you know, and it's, it's just... It makes a big difference. It really does. So I, I think it's a really good thing too. Yeah. Has she made a final decision on her outfit yet? Uh, no, she's just turned four. She's got a stick man outfit. She's not going <laughs> but, with one of your characters. But no, she's but not. I, I would she, take that as a direct insult. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, yes. Although someone did once, and I took that as one of the, the biggest compliments I've oh, yeah, had today. Yeah, so somebody went as um as one of the characters from my first book as a a snow queen and uh and sent a picture and tagged me in it and everything and it was a uh, it looked oh, amazing that's yeah that's really nice my my three girls have um i keep asking them to pick a character or pick a book the oldest one is uh four and a half so she absolutely knows the next yeah. one down knows that it's a big day every year mummy spends a lot of time getting them in fancy dress in the morning <laughs> yeah i think than them um but we can't quite find a book where all three girls can be three characters from the same book that they all agree on. Yeah, fair so enough. We're, we're still, I, I've got all the craft materials out on the table. We've got cardboard boxes everywhere. We haven't quite made a final decision. So it'll probably be a, a last you may have to, place. Yeah, you, you may have to Im improvise something and, uh, <laughs> and maybe rework yeah. a few ideas from a book and, and get well, them all actually, involved. Last year for World Book Day, I was um, nine months pregnant. So I went as the golden snitch and I painted my, my gold, <laughs> Fantastic. And these gold like cardboard wings. And um, so that will always be Eliza's first book, world book day, even though she wasn't actually born yet. But um, but there we go. That's so a, an imp that impressive involved... legacy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hear that you're involved in some really exciting um, community events in Tamworth. So um, and, and that they're for preschool children. So that's I often think of world book day as sort of school age children but I was really interested to see the events that you're involved with there so um could you tell us a little bit more about them I'm actually involved in, in a few events uh, across the next couple of days um but preschool being one of them so tomorrow um I'm working with Tamworth Arts Council um 
at the assembly halls in Tamworth, which is like a local assembly halls for us. And they're running an event for for preschool children to come to and just try to kind of engage them in obviously it's not as easy as sort of sit down and read with us and, and, and listen with us so it's, it's a more interactive setup there's going to be lots of things to do uh one of the books i'll be reading so i, I kind of should just slightly backtrack i kind of write generally for key stage two but i've got a couple of books that are into that younger category and we'll be working with both of them and one of them's called me and my shadow and it's kind of uh, about imagination and, and the a child imagining his shadow to be different things and so we've got a few activities where we're going to do hand hand puppets like shadow puppets and um and sort of drawing our own shadows and things like that like um that i think should work really well and we'll do we'll do a reading with them but i just want it to be a little more engaging because of the age but it's just kind of about like getting people turned on by reading do you know what i mean it's like getting them excited by reading and the earlier people have memories of that the more they're going to kind of go on and enjoy that as they as they go through school and adult life and as they grow through and the other one's kind of um the other one's a sort of tongue twistery book called did you ever see that and um it's just it's kind of um, not nonsense but it's it's just a bit of a fun a fun tongue twistery type book so we're going to do something with that and then we're going to try and get children to pair together words that rhyme and things to so try and introduce them into the ideas of, of rhyming and 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 I, I don't know just 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 again to engage your imagination to try and get them thinking it in that creative way really I suppose um, about trying to keep it all trying to um sort of generate that excitement around books and and what creativity creativity can stem off from a book so like you say tongue twisters and crafts and yeah absolutely absolutely and it's just it's just yeah it's just opening those doors a little bit to, to that creative side of people and I mean children particularly as you'll know from having children I mean that's where they live already you know their their mind's already in that space and it's just it's just about sort of nurturing it a little bit and, and allowing them the opportunity to enjoy it and, and build on that really and it's not it's not so much like with adults it's more kind of like you have to take them into that space and sort of get them thinking about things but children are there you just kind of like right here's what we're doing and they're like yeah and they're in you know you don't have to you don't really have to do too much work getting them involved it's just keeping them on track that's the uh, the difficult part but yeah then later in the day I'm going to be working um with Children's Care Foundation uh in, which is a wider charity and that that's um a kind of short a short story writing competition um and i'm one of the judges on that and we've got a, a like a live uh, video session with children from around um that are interested in being involved in the competition we're going to talk about ideas maybe ways to write stories and and ideas to kind of think about and then they're going to go away and write their stories and in a few weeks time we're going to judge their stories but tomorrow afternoon We'll be uh, we'll be launching that event and um, and yeah That's doing a, a little yeah it's a really exciting thing to be a part of it really is and then that's um, that's slightly older children so one of the, one of my poems is currently in um, the year three reading comprehension for all schools that use Collins and stuff so it's okay. kind of that's not a short story it's it's a, it's a 
collection of poems that that book's come from. Um, but obviously that's opened quite a few doors into the educational side of things. And it's been a really interesting last few months kind of meeting people in that world and stuff. But prior to that, all of them, although poetry have been narrative-led stories, so it's kind of bringing it all together, all that, it's the right age groups, the right people, and then kind of going back and looking at, at narrative structures and ways to build stories and what they need to do. Because obviously with a short story, they haven't got much time to do to do it so we're going to kind of try and jump in at a point and say look here's your starting point now what's happening in your yeah what's happening in your world you know and and see where they go with things and try and teach them those skills so that when they go away and write their own one they can they can implement some of that hopefully so so actually developing some of those skills that they can use in their their classwork and their own creative writing yeah absolutely I mean absolutely that it's it's kind of just especially again children can can quickly um sidetrack themselves and it can become quite a convoluted storyline um yep yeah of course and um and it's kind of maybe just helping to see that sometimes perhaps a simple storyline will help them to kind of engage their audience better and, and start and end without it becoming uh, a sort of epic oh, saga yeah yeah I, I'm, I think I'm doing this the same but maybe the opposite uh, kind of thing to you um, on world, world book day I'm doing a workshop in a local school uh, where we're going to write um, an epic poem about the okay. life of the book <laughs> so oh wow the opposite in that wow yeah. we're going to be sort of trying to drag out this uh, story and, and have it cross um huge time periods wow that's exciting. the opposite of a nice succinct well-structured story but um but yeah they'll probably be rather good at that the yeah the yeah i think they're they're sort of yeah. wild chase imaginations just go on and on, and on. yeah absolutely <laughs> um so what got you into children's writing in the first place uh well for me it's it's kind of poetry has always been a very natural outlet for me um and I, I just find writing quirky fun children's poetry is just it's just a, the natural format for me to do that so um I mean I quite enjoy grown-up poetry shall we say and things but I think there's just a level of fun to the Spike Milligans and the Roldars and the Dr. Seuss's that I just find to be the thing that that I love. I just, it's just it still yeah, captures like when that. You were a child as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and it just, but it's just never it's just never left me. It just still captures me as being a, the the really fun and intriguing and interesting way to to talk to people. And I find that. I mean, it still it still works, especially like the the one book of poetry is called Big Thoughts for Little Thinkers, and it's kind of introducing philosophical ideas into the world and things. Uh, and although it's aimed at children, I'm finding a lot of adults are, are giving me a really positive response from it because it's because of that style. It's kind of fun, and it's still it's not too preachy about things. It's kind of just introducing the ideas to people, and I think a lot of adults are are, are kind of coming to me and saying it's it's helped them to open conversations with their children and things and and that's kind of a really nice way to do it because it is still 
something when you read it's still kind of a bit of fun to read and still like the bounce of poetry and the mixing of words and how they should be said and you know there's little things like that that you can introduce that for me just it's just a pleasure to to write that way because yeah it's um I don't know I just really enjoy playing around with with things and sure and um I, I you know I think we most people will agree that poetry is or can be that sort of passageway to exploring your feelings and emotions um but it's nice to to you know the idea of having these really sort of upbeat sort of fun wordplay poems that also children can start thinking about bigger questions yeah well I mean with that book particularly that was I mean very much my intention with it was to open doorways for people to just to start thinking about you know wider concepts that aren't just you have to be this or you have to be that you have to achieve this it's kind of just uh, an introspective look into who we are and who you can be and not putting too much pressure on yourself to, to be other things are really uh, and, and children need that more than ever at the moment especially after the last couple of years you know it's well um, yeah I think there's poetry there's... And, and those um passageways to exploring those questions I think there's I think there's a number of things there's um I think the last 10 years has been a big shift towards understanding mental health and children's mental health and and in a really positive way like it's become less stigmatized and people are, are more open to talking about these things um which is fantastic uh the last few years have then kind of countered that by being very difficult particularly for children who have lost some of their childhood to be mm. completely honest um like i have nieces and nephews that are, that are at key ages in their lives and they're not able to go out and spend time with their friends and they're not able to go to school and, and even finish their exams and things and it's all of those I mean, all of those pressures that you have as, at that age anyway are just going to be magnified. And yeah. I think putting those two things together, like, I think it's just kind of one of those per perfect storm scenarios with that book. It's just, I think it's just hit the sort of zeitgeist of what's going on and um, people are finding some level of solitude in it, I think. And um, I think it's a very important thing though. And I think I'm really... I wasn't sure whether to write it because, as I said, everything I'd done had been narrative-based up till then. Um, and I just had a lot of these little poems that were going around in my head and I was, I'm just going to get them out. And and it turns out it's now my most popular <laughs> book. So, um, you'll write more in this sort of style or continue this this type of poetry or do you think you'll revert back to what, you're, what you did previously? Well, I'm currently working on uh, another, another narrative-based key stage two books so the books i'm writing they're they're poetry but they're about five thousand words long so they're they are epic poems of their own yeah um so i'm i'm working on one of those at the moment although i've finished the writing it's into um illustration now um so yeah i'm now looking to towards following this up with some either a second volume or changing it slightly to a, a sort of similar idea but working along that path of releasing another collection of, of poetry um and i'm hoping to to do something with that in the next sort of 12 months or so so it's it's, it's just but i've got i mean i've got several ideas i've got i want to release another 
another book for younger children as well that I've got an idea for so I'm not sure exactly which order everything will come. Lots <laughs> of great ideas. Of, Do you get well, it's, it's, of ideas it's, and inspiration from um, having a four-year-old? Does that does that sort of uh, any idea? I mean it, it, it does it does and it's always it's always I mean it's always fun but I, I've had my niece uh, my brother's daughter she's a, like a little bit older now and then his, his other daughter's a little bit in between and and so I've kind of always had children that are, have been around the last four or five years that you just talk to and then you get ideas from them because they're just loads of fun to talk to but yeah my, my daughter uh, is a constant fountain of inspiration for uh for for being silly and having ideas and I'll just note them all down in my phone <laughs> and, uh, and I want to write I want to I mean I want to write a book that includes most of that in one book um and I've got an idea for it, but I haven't started writing it yet. I'm kind of just creating ideas for it at the minute um but yeah it, it, it's just I, I kind of write several things at once I'm a bit uh, I don't sit down and go this is I'm working on this project now it's kind of yeah, they're all they're all being worked on at the same time uh, so in which order they'll finish I, I don't know um <laughs> because yeah I, I just genuinely think you shouldn't put pressure on yourself to to finish anything because especially a create something creative I yeah I just think I just think you hurt you hurt the process a little bit when you do that I think it should be natural it should feel like the, the first book I wrote was a, a Christmas uh, story and I would only write it in December and it took me about five years <laughs> and I just didn't I just didn't feel like it, it felt a natural thing to write about Christmas in the summer so I'd just leave it and I'd come back to it every year and add to it and and you know I, I just think that's the way to for, I don't mean everyone's process is different obviously I could never tell anyone else how to do do oh. these things but for me just it needs to be natural like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think right I need to write this now while I'm thinking of it and get up and do it and that's that's been my process always so like the second I sit down and go right now you need to write something so it loses loses its magic for me yeah absolutely um so uh just coming back to World Book Day briefly, um, the I've been looking really closely at the aims and objectives of the organisation, the, the charity World Book Day, and um, they've refreshed a lot of their their, um, their aims and objectives. And uh, there's a huge emphasis on reading for pleasure, which, as as you'll know, is one of the biggest um, indicators of a child's success, despite any of their sort of family or financial background. Um, so how do you think we can best foster um, reading for pleasure in uh, key stage one, key stage two, key stage three? I mean, I'm talking really broadly, but um, how can we try and achieve that and, and foster that, that love of sort of reading for pleasure? I think it's, it's events like this. It's events where you can engage children away from just sit down and read that book. It's, it's kind of, the dressing up, it's the coming together, it's the group sort of mentality yeah. of it, you know, the, yeah, that's the word yeah. I'm looking for, the community element of it. And I think if you can engage them in, in a community of reading where they want to talk to each other about what they're reading, where they want to become part of that, that that's, you know, a, a, the potential of that becomes limitless ultimately because it's the same with, I mean, you see it 
with television, with computer games and things, when you becomes interactive with other people in their school, that's all they want to do and all they want to talk about. And, and I think reading might have lost a little bit of that over the last 10, 15 years, probably with the rise of the internet and the rise of, of computer games and, and, and whatnot. But I think there's a definite turn back towards it a little bit over the last couple of years. And I think it is things like this. I think we've, we've kind of realised that the world's not the same. So we have to work on other levels with it and things like having things that are engaging like a lot of books now will have websites that they're having interactive features on them on, and things yeah, you know there's, yeah, there's stuff like yeah. that yeah. and and things like that and there's like I mean obviously Julia Donaldson and people are, are, are a step above a lot of levels but there's this thing there's Gruffalo trails now everywhere you go yeah, and we've, we've and, been on them <laughs> yeah exactly and there's and there's like but you're Those... right, that, that sort of thing really does engage them. I mean, I, you now you say that, like, yes, when we've been out on the Graf Gruffalo Trail, the girls have come home and they've said, can we read the book? Can we watch it again? You know, they... They're yeah, of course. Invigorated for the for the story, having done those sort of real hands-on activities where they've gone around the woods and they've done the the crayon rubbing of each of the characters and yeah, and I think that's I think that's part of it. Teacher parent, because we're going, oh look, there might be a gruffalo in the cave over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Over there, that might be a bit of evidence. There's a gruffalo here. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I think I think that's it. I think it's about it's about engaging engaging them into the wider idea of what the book is which kind of come back to what I said at the start what I like about World Book Day so much is it's it's not just you know all reading's good for you kids go and read a book it's kind of it brings you into the world of reading and the world of authors imaginations more than just their books and I think that's what that Gruffalo Trail does you know you go around and all of a sudden you're in the book, you know, I mean, that's, that's yeah. where you are. Then. You're looking for the Gruffalo. Yeah. You're looking for the Gruffalo. You're looking for mouse or whatever. And you know, that, that element will make them want to go home and pick the book up and then pick another book up. And that's the way, the way it needs to, to be. I think we need to have more of a push towards interacting with children in a wider community and a, and a wider space um, that brings them back to books, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously we're pre-recording this interview because both you and I have um, uh, full-on schedules on the, on the big day, on, on World Book Day. Um, but this will be going live between 11 and 12. So what, where will you be between 11 and 12? On, on I will be... Whilst everyone's listening to this. Yeah, I will be at uh, Tamworth Assembly Halls with the preschool children uh, with that thing we spoke about earlier and... Yep. We'll be we'll be doing those readings and those activities to try and just get get them into into reading and into this world. That we'll probably be doing some shadow puppets around about now. Yeah, I will probably be <laughs> attempting very poor, very poor shadow puppets. Is uh, is I can imagine myself doing at this point. Yeah, excellent. excellent. So um, I I always finish by asking my guests um, who their favourite teacher at school was and why. Uh, so. I'd say I've I've two one primary school one secondary school but I had a teacher uh, called Mrs Barron in primary school and I, like I should mention I was kind of a naughty as a kid not not na naughty not but I was I would spirited. say full yeah spirited's a good word it's full of energy um, 
and I got told off by a lot of teachers but she she was like the, the first person I think who really sort of found a way to engage my imagination and, and things with that um and then in secondary school I had a teacher who, who still comes to a lot of to the, a lot of the book openings and supports a lot of the events to do and things and her name's Mrs Harry um and she she wasn't an English teacher or anything she was just a good again for me she was just another person who accepted who I was and uh and and help me nurture that into maybe you know it doesn't mean you're bad if you've got that sort of spirited thing about you you know a lot of teachers sort of said I had I had talent for writing but I wouldn't do anything with it because I was too boisterous basically um and I think she kind of just said don't worry about that you know just <laughs> yeah 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 just you do you you do your thing and and you'll find where you need to be basically and that's that's that was a big thing at the time and um yeah she still she still follows what what i do and it's mm. a really lovely yeah. thing so yeah um it's really nice really, really nice um danny thank you so much for talking to me today and um we we wish you all the luck for um for your your very busy day on thursday and um all of your your books and events in the future thanks very much thank you so, um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me again. That's uh, that's it for today. That is World Book Day uh, coming towards a swift close. Maybe you're um, wiping a sweat droplet of relief from your forehead if you're in a class of uh, key stage one children bouncing around in their costumed excitement, um, or. Or maybe you're just desperate to get home, get a book, sit down and do a little bit of reading for pleasure yourself. So um, next week on the morning break on Thursday with me, Holly Kingman, I will be talking to Vicky Broadbent, who um, is known as Honest Mum on Instagram. She's a broadcaster and author, and we'll be talking about the challenges faced by um, working mums and busy families and how that can um, sometimes impact children in education. So have a lovely rest of your World Book Day. Uh, have a lovely week, and I look forward to seeing you all again next week with me, Holly Kingmand. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.